previously on Dream Realm. Exactly. Now let's just get down to my car, okay? Jordan squirmed again, but he did not let up this time. He tied her hands together with thick rope as she was officially his prisoner. Let her go now, Elias snarled. Let her go, and I'll let you go alive. The intruder chuckled, opening the trunk wide and pulling Jordan out of it. He pushed Jordan toward the Elias and immediately got into his car. Elias still had the gun aimed at the intruder, who quickly drove off. What do you mean this will take some time and you're not going public yet? Jordan questioned. Mm, it will take some time to investigate this dark realm, and we're not going to be going public. I think that states itself with the explanation. He thinks it'll cost more to address the problem aggressively than passively. The gala, meanwhile, should land us upward of a thousand. We have 700 people invited from current members, and another 400 from our potential member base scheduled to come. I'm excited for all of our organization's dreams coming to life. You're listening to episode 16 to the audiobook slash podcast project, Dream Realm. Voiced, written, and produced by me, Matt Rebar. Part 6. Chapter 6. The Regal Urbana Hotel flashed with decadent lights, which drew all the eyes and applause of those spectating. The building was large, with the width of two football fields and the height of over 80 floors. It was covered in gold trim and windows made out of sapphire. The building was made with sheer glass, the kind which allowed for the clients to see the view from their window, but made it impossible to truly peek through. Known for its opulence, many Dream Realm major events were held within the Regal Urbana Hotel's floors of ballrooms and event halls. Exhibitions, conferences, reunions, and meetings graced the inside, which was painted in soft colors like mint and lilac, doors etched with ruby trim, and bathrooms made with pearl-encrusted granite. Those who visited did not easily forget the most royal and regal hotel which they had ever gotten the fortune to lay their hands on. The entire second floor had been reserved for the Dark Realm, including all the smaller rooms which served no purpose. Early on in the night, all of the key members were present upon the second floor. King was in the main ballroom along with lights. The two were confirming that the presentations were ready to go. Marzipan was setting up the sign-up systems through the computers, while Magenta was setting up the registration and entrance table. Toe, meanwhile, had decided to add some decorations of Splendor while enjoying himself one of the self-serving bars. Everything looks splendid, King smiled, turning to Lights. How do you feel? I feel rather well, Lights lied. Internally, Lights felt like something was wrong, although he wasn't sure what it was. He had always had a weird ability to foresee possible danger, and while he couldn't pinpoint what the eventual problem was going to be, Lights felt queasy and unsure that tonight would be successful. Good. I feel well, too. King smiled, turning from lights and heading out to go check on the other's progress in the small ballrooms, which would each be decorated with a different theme. Had King not been wrapped up in his work, he might have noticed Light's hesitation and thus lies. King might have agreed with Light's and realized that something did feel sour in the air. But instead, King was too focused to realize his own employee might feel unconfident about the night air. The main ballroom was decorated with sheets of blue and green fabric, which mimics some kind of lost paradise. While Lights continued to stare around the room and fine-tune the decorations with his mind, Marzipan approached. The second-floor windows were flooded with fluorescent and neon light from the Urbana streets below. Both men couldn't individually people-watch at the moment, although they desired to. Most of the organization was filled with the kind of people who enjoyed watching other people. 
all except for Marzipan, who was testing out the tablet he held before making another couple hundred and leaving them upon tables. Do you have any vibes about tonight? Light's question to Marzipan, which caused the man to hum softly for a second. No? Am I supposed to? No, if anything, you shouldn't. But I don't. Do you? I can't help but feel a little uh, distressed. Why? I sometimes experience feelings of doubt regarding events or days. I remember the day of my sister's death, the day of the bombing down the street at a church by a local extremist, the day I was fired. They all started out with the same pit in my stomach, the same tremor in my throat almost, and my confidence was gone about the day. My demeanor had changed, even without my desire, the news of... But that was in the real world. Perhaps your feelings are different because we're in the dream realm. Marzipan shrugged. You, you think? If anything, my feelings would remain the same. You could be nervous considering this is an important event. I haven't been nervous and I'm not nervous for making this event happen, Lights explained. I'm nervous that something is going to happen. We took all the precautions we needed. There, there is nothing we missed. Then why do I feel this way? I don't know. Just, I, I hope you get over it soon. Marzipan shrugged, closing his eyes for a second and dreaming to life hundreds of tablets which gently floated down upon the ceiling to the tables below. Marzipan walked out of the room with no other reassuring statement to say. Lights, instead, sighed and let out a deep breath. He knew he would continue to feel like shit until something happened. Whatever it was that would happen would remain a mystery to him. Instead, Lights created the plates, the plate covers, the bowls, and the salad for the tables. The three small ballrooms had each been decorated with an unofficial theme in mind. Toe had turned his responsibility into a ballroom with fire elements upon the walls and ceilings. The lighting was dimmed as streaks and lamps of red, orange, and yellow bounced around the room. The open bar was large and stacked properly, as it was in the other two rooms as well. All three small ballrooms and main ballroom were soundtracked with peaceful electro-jazz, which was both noticeable but unnoticeable at the same time. Magenta's room was decorated with splashes of purple and gray, a rather darker room than its fire predecessor. The room's unofficial theme was royalty, as armor mesh covered the ceiling, Excalibur tucked away in the pockets of the mesh to add heavy visuals. Lights walked over to the third room, which he was responsible for, and decided to splash it half with gold and half with obsidian. He created wisps of clouds which hovered around the gold half, while using the ceiling space to create small orbs of light to mimic stars. In the middle of the room were planetary orbs, which spun in circles within the middle of the room. All the circles were spinning at the same speed, and completing their orbits at different times. This looks beautiful! Toe chuckled as he walked into the third small ballroom. The windowless segment of the room looked practically perfect, a large bar and hors d'oeuvres ready. Uh, thank you, Light smiled as he turned to his colleague. He debated telling Toe about his feeling, but decided against it, considering that Marspan was rather closed off to the idea. Instead, Light's put on a fake smile. Can't wait to start the night. It finally turned midnight upon the east coastline, and a few men rolled into the Regal Urbana Hotel. They exited the elevator and staircase and checked in, using their real name and email, before being told to enjoy the cocktail hours in the three small ballrooms ahead. Magenta was the one registering the men, and the occasional woman, while the rest of the team continued to make sure everything was going smoothly across the four ballrooms and the entire floor of the hotel. Marzipan had set up a special perimeter which would notify the group immediately about intruders onto the floor. Any sign of either Jordan or Elias would be investigated and dealt with. Soon Marzipan left the table, and so Light sat down while Magenta helped sign a few people in before clearing them. This is going well, Magenta smiled. You must be very proud of your event. I can't help but worry. Why, is there something to worry about? 
Not so specifically, but everything seems to be going as planned. Then don't worry. Magenta switched gears as she talked with a member and three of his friends. She sat in the four in, and then another group of ten joined them upon the tables in front of her before there was another clear moment of space. Magenta, do you ever have that feeling like something's going to happen? You don't know what, but you're nervous. And that feeling isn't around him, it just, it, it actually happens and that shit soon feels like it's going to fly. You're just nervous. I don't think that's the case. I'm genuinely worried something's going to happen. Just take a deep breath. Do some yoga or something. Yoga. We're in the middle of an event. I don't know what else to say. Another four men appeared and quickly signed in before she appeared to be able to continue the conversation. The line didn't stop, instead blossoming as tens of men came over to the reception table. Magenta was clearly unable to talk any further and so Lights left the table altogether. But it seemed like Magenta didn't care too much anyway to address Light's problems. In the main ballroom, King and Marzipan were checking the attendance figures. It's not even one we're pushing towards halfway attendance, King smiled, looking at the graphs which showed the names of those who had attended as well as whether or not they were a member, a new member, a reference, or a potential member. And the numbers are pouring in, Marzipan smiled, the main ballroom now empty but soon to be filled with tons of able bodies, men who wished to dine upon the Dark Realm's true courses and meals. Within the ballrooms, Magenta's mods were carting around some of the appetizers and fetching drinks for the boys. The mods were not to be touched, but to be admired like product upon a table at the grocery. Look how quick they're coming now. We still have an hour and twenty till the gala itself starts. King smiled and turned to Marzipan. Isn't this just going splendidly? It is. Marzipan was close to confessing to King that Lights had felt some kind of upset over the event, but instead decided against worrying King. Instead, Marzipan walked over to the window of the building and looked out to the city. They were nothing but ants to him, no more than pieces of human trash which he could exploit for finances and personal gain. From her booth at the table, Magenta watched as the men and women entered the ballrooms. Her mods, both female and male, were practically slaves to the bidding of the customers tonight. She could not forget part of her conversation with Jordan about the feelings of the prostitutes, which had morphed into an internal dialogue about why Jordan felt this way. Magenta watched the way these real men treated her mods. She knew that mods were not real people, but she could not help but see them as real in that moment, and for a second she considered waking up and never coming back to the dream realm. Magenta had never truly examined the interaction of her clients and her mods. She wasn't stupid, she knew what happened. But her mods, which were part of her, were handled as need be. She handled clients on their own, but these interactions of the mods and clients happened behind closed doors. She assumed what happened between them, she was not stupid, but now Magenta was forced to watch the individuals she called humans be forced into animal shapes and forms. Magenta, how goes the registration? She was snapped back to the registration table by King. Magenta made sure to have a smile on her face as she responded. As the continuing trickle of men, and even a few women at the moment, continued to arrive upon the second floor and check-in, Lights quietly and unnoticeably snuck out of the second floor using the back staircase. The anxiety and gut feeling within him had grown noticeably and wasn't recovering at all. Lights knew this flavor and could no longer deny what was going to happen. He didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but something was. Lights walked without hesitation, without looking back, without looking hurried. Instead, he peacefully made his way to the main floor of the Regal Urbana Hotel. He stepped onto the street and looked around real quick. Back down here, on the floor of Urbana, he was just another one of the hundreds of thousands of tens of millions into the system. He looked as minuscule as ants to which Marzipan had insulted. King would have his head for missing out on the venue, but that was a chance that Lights was willing to take. After all, the event was on course to do well. At this point, only bad luck or an incident would stop the Dark Realm from succeeding. 
and if the Dark Realm was meant to easily crumble, he wouldn't see King or either of those ever again, which was fine for Lights. This was nothing more than a side hustle for him anyway. Chapter 8 The time ticked towards 2 in the morning, which meant people were leaving the small ballrooms and entered into the grand ballroom. The men, and few women, grabbed more drinks at the self-serve bar, although some merely dreamed the drink glass full within their hands. The mods entered the room, standing against the wall as if prepared to auction off themselves. King had noticed that Lights was missing, but didn't think too much on it. Instead, with his imagination, King put the salad from the bowls onto plates while opening the baskets of bread to give each person a piece of buttered bread. King next walked up to the stage. While the tables began to eat, King began his introductory speech. Welcome to the Dark Rim Gala, my friends, clients, and soon to be both clients and friends. King began, I want to keep tonight simple, filled with fun, and filled with time for some of you to pursue other things. The room chuckled a bit. I believe we are all familiar with the pricing, the purpose, the abilities, the technology, but just to hit home, I asked a few of our devoted clients to come here and speak from the heart. They're not scripted nor coerced. They're here to tell it like it is. First up is uh, Jeremy Briggins. The room gave a small applause as Jeremy Briggins walked up to the stage. Even the filters within the dream room could not hide Briggins' pure, disgusting form. His fat rolls were still evident, and while surgery could fix his hair and face, the damage was already done even with surgery. He was ugly. The kind of ugly guy that made up the vast majority of the ballroom. It was good to start off with the ugly and relatable, and ending with the handsome stud in the back, the man people wanted to be. Hello there! Jeremy smiled as he stepped up to the podium. I'd like to wager a bet that I'm indeed the ugliest man to be in the room tonight. I'll throw myself under the bus for how about a dollar? Jeremy laughed, which gave permission for the room to laugh. At least this man knew his vices. Well, if ugliness was a vice. Jeremy continued about his lack of success in the real world and how women made him feel less of a man. He praised the mods of the Dark Realm and how he felt more like a man now, especially in a fantasy where his dick was longer, his force was stronger, his power was dominant. He added that it felt good to wake up to dream ejaculate covering his sleep gowns, adding that he didn't have to cheat on the wife anymore. It was easy. The poon was unlimited. There was less dangers here than dealing with the normal sex workers or random girls in the real world. Best of all, no pregnancies, blackmails, no STIs. There was more sexual exploration, nothing to be ashamed of, more kinks, anything you can imagine, no real-life consequences. Here in the Dark Realm was where dreams came true and where options were aplenty. Any type of man or woman, the boy or girl, could happen all within one's dream. The room cheered when Jeremy left the stage, and sensing the room had finished with their salads, King switched to the dinner course. King introduced the second speaker, Lewis Marsh. Marsh, a British man, felt similar to Jeremy. He told about his sexual conquests, turning maidens into sluts, turning tricks into parlor tricks, the amount of nuts he performed within the dream realm. He highlighted Gate and the Venus, highlighted the various mods as well as the customer service to the Dark Realm. He believed it was a must for anyone who wanted an elevated experience. Within the two speeches, not a word was mentioned about rape or pedophilia. The people who wished to rape others or rape children knew they could do so. To soil the taste of others within the room by mentioning such negative words would do harm. Indeed, Lewis himself had a fondness for young, hairless boys, although didn't feel the need to mention the boys usually weren't under 14. And finally, after the second speech was over, King imagined dessert trays, extra plates, and forks upon the tables, while walking up to introduce the third and final testimony, George Lee, a rather young, attractive Asian man who worked in real estate. Similar to the other two, George did not mention that he preyed on girls at clubs and raped half of them in the process, but George did mention the other high joys of their organization. And finally, King closed out the night with his plan of keeping it simple. 
on your table tonight are tablets. To sign up for the darkroom, we ask that you provide an email, which will take you to our secret website online. There you can type in the name of your Dream Mask ID code and we'll give payment. The quicker you sign up, the quicker you will be processed. During King's wrap-up speech and the passing of Cheesecake and Tiramisu, along with the signing up of hundreds upon the spot, Marzipan's small tablet began cooing a soft beat. Unsure of what it meant, he opened the tablet to realize that his security code had been breached. Marzipan immediately stood up, while both Magenta and Toe, who had been sitting with Marzipan at a table in the front, turned to Marzipan. Marzipan ignored the two and immediately made his way to the back of the room, but Marzipan's semi-chill manner did not stop the doors to the ballroom from opening to reveal both Jordan and Elias, who strolled into the room. King, who had been persuading the room in a rather casual manner, immediately stopped. His bleached face stared dead ahead, wondering what the two were up to. It's time to end the Dark Realm, Jordan cried out to the room. Tonight will be the last day of its existence. Chapter 9 The room broke out in small confusion as Jordan and Elias entered the large room. Immediately, the executives of Dream Realm stood up, but they were just as confused as the audience was. Instead, they practically allowed the two to speak to the large congregation. One thing which we couldn't believe was when we found out that Liam Schumer was part of something larger, Jordan explained to the room, reminding them of the real-life situation which had led them there. He had killed three women in the real world after finding out the women had plans to report his crimes within the Dream Realm. Sadly, it's not illegal to rape people within the Dream Realm, at least not yet. Funny, none of you mentioned the fact that the Dark Realm gives one the ability to rape people and to rape children. And on top of that, nobody's ever really mentioned the name of the organization, Dark Realm. Funny, dark stuff doesn't seem to be a selling point, yet it's practically the entire point of buying into this. A few of the men began to stand up, but Elias quickly changed that tide. You might want to sit down, Elias chuckled. After all, you're all involved in a little project of ours. Immediately, the men sat back down, gulping, full of worry. Nobody had left. Everyone was glued to Jordan, who continued her speech. The more we investigated the Dark Realm, the less it became about Liam Schumer. In fact, I haven't thought about Liam Schumer for a couple minutes at least. Instead, I thought about this organization, the real humans that run it, and the reasons why they engage with this virus that they've built. They think there are no real consequences to their invention. That the rapes of mods and mod children are fantasy, because they're just code. That the real people who are raped and violated are nothing more than dreams. They don't care about the emotional, mental, and even the physical trauma that comes with the bad decisions that arise from these inventions, especially those who used the Dark Realm, and most likely, all of you. Furthermore, one thing we never talked about was that people like Liam Schumer. For some instance, when I talked with King, I was more focused on the larger picture than the smaller issues, such as an individual. The Dark Realm does come with real consequences. Liam, who was a member of this, a part-time hacker for the organization, raped some of the women within his real life that he desired. They connected his crimes back to him, and then he threatened them to be silent. Why did he threaten them? After all, it wasn't illegal, but he knew it was wrong. He knew the social consequences for such a label, the term rapist, which is so dirty in its entirety. So instead, this man, this member, killed three women in real life. And he didn't kill them like you can kill someone in the dream realm. They didn't reload into Urbana. They weren't just dreams. Their avatar didn't rebirth itself. He murdered them within their homes. One girl upon the street with a gun. Because he knew what he did was fucked up. King was furious. His eyes flamed with hell as he watched both of these intruders, turned problematics, walk further into the room. Immediately he thought about doing something, and so he pulled out a gun. Silence, King snarled. Not another word from either of you. Well, we didn't actually come to just lecture. Jordan continued moving forward with Elias on her side. He had been the one to lead their investigation, but when it came to delivering lawyer-inspired quips, 
Jordan was taking control. Most of you are here because you're a member or you're heavily interested. That means you really don't care about morality. You really don't care about your actions or the consequences thereof. You're all privileged, rich members of society which prey on both in the real life and here in the dream realm. So what were we gonna do about it? Jordan chuckled as if she couldn't have done anything, each word forming like a smoke cloud before blanketing the silent room. Well, we hacked into the computer system, and we've already copied the names and emails of everyone who is here tonight. From there, getting your identity is easy. And from there, what's easier is pushing that information out to the entire world. You might think, so what? What's information without proof? Well, and that's why we have photos and audio of the entire night. And if people don't realize the consequences, we already have interviews with many people, both human and mod, who have been subjected to the treatment of the dream realm. Oh, and bad news. This isn't a possible threat. This isn't a situation where you can change your ways. Jordan used a sugary voice in the previous sentence and mocked the entire crowd, a crowd which probably thought they could get out of it somehow. You chose to be in this meeting. You can choose to be in the consequences. You can all become social pariah for the desire to rape real people, to rape mods and mods which are designed as children, and neither Elias or I will feel bad about it. King's gun went off as the bullet tore through Jordan's face. Jordan and Elias looked rather shocked while Elias managed to grab Jordan before she fell. Oh, I forget that this isn't real. Jordan whispered, looking at the bleeding wound in her body as she looked up to King. But what Elias and I are going to do, that's real. Another bullet fired from King's gun, which immediately buried itself into Elias's head. Both Jordan and Elias plummeted downward, both slamming it into a table before bouncing off of it. Before King and his executives could manage the situation, people immediately began vanishing. The crowd of almost 2,000 became 1,000, which became 100, which became just King and his employees who gathered on the stage less than a minute after the death of both Elias and Jordan. Boss, what are we to do? Toe asked, heavily worried as he stared within the group. All of them were registered with their emails as well. Their nicknames would no longer be able to shield them from their crimes. Toe's question hung like inclement weather, the group being unprepared for the maelstrom ahead. What we do is cover our tracks and wait it out, King shrugged. We just, we just wait. But, Magenta began, although King glared at her so hard that Magenta immediately stopped speaking. Instead, King took a deep sigh before looking at everyone. Well, this event is over, King snarled. I'll be back in my mansion. With a snap of his hand, King was gone. Chapter 10 Upon being killed in the dream realm, both Elias and Jordan woke up within the middle of the night. Elias had been downstairs in Jordan's duplex upon the couch, and the two immediately set up an already prepared email, which was directed to both Cardonius large and local news operations, as well as to national newspapers and national organizations. Using connections with the Cardonia Communications Department, they had already whipped up everything they needed. The photos and videos which they had taken in the Dream Realm were easily uploaded using the technology which could bring such things to reality. The interviews with mods and humans were already prepared and ready, as was the earlier information, such as Liam Schumer's statement and case files. After sending the email in the dead of night, along with the email attachment they had received that day, both Elias and Jordan turned to each other with rather large smiles. Neither of them felt exhausted from waking up in the middle of the night. Instead, it felt like their army had finalized its mission and thus could go home. It's over. Well, kind of, Jordan sighed. I'll probably have to install a proper security system in my house, won't I? Oh, definitely, Elias nodded. Same here. King won't be happy with us, will he? Far from happy, the complete opposite of happy. But it's worth it, Elias chuckled, leaning back a bit in the dining room chair that he was sitting on. These assholes were something else, the kind of people I hope I don't already know or will eventually know. There were almost 2,000 people in that ballroom, Jordan whispered. 
and that's only a small amount of people who would have attended a meeting like that. There's no sympathy for humans and mods affected. How do people not have sympathy? None of those men would want to be treated like scum and mere sexual objects. No, I disagree, Jordan. Men get off to be treated like sexual objects. Even in 2060, Jordan sighed, knowing how cliche such an argument sounded. Humanity is just an evolving form which continues to make historical pride points while revealing its inner weaknesses. The only difference between 2060 and the rest of the ages is that technology and advancements make things more possible. It opens doors. So nothing's secret anymore, nothing's sacred really either. Jordan took a large sigh as she stood up and moved to her kitchen. I'm gonna have a cup of tea and try and forget about all the horrific stuff happening in the world. Jordan shrugged as she pulled out a mug and put it on the cover. I'm gonna forget about what a shitty organization the Dark Realm is. I'm gonna feel safe. I'm gonna feel like everything's just okay. Is everything alright? Elias asked from the kitchen table. Just because we're blasting this organization and saving the day doesn't mean you have to feel alright. I'm a little worried, Jordan nodded, holding out of the teabag for a second while the world swirled a bit around her. I I'm worried about their retaliation. I'm worried about what people are going to say. About how the world will react, you know? If people don't think this is such a big deal, well, then I don't know what I'll do. I think it'll be the truest sentiment of the world around us. No, people are going to care, Elias whispered. But is that all that you're upset about? You seem rather passive right now. Well, this... <laughs> since this is concluding, it means I have to finalize some other things. Jordan placed the cup of water into the microwave. Talk once again with Isaac... Uh, you have some time. I bet we're going to be swamped the next week with calls and interviews and follow-ups to the story. Elias shrugged. I bet you won't have to worry about it till the weekend. Goody, I can't wait to not worry about it for another week. <laughs> Jordan smiled, watching the tea boil as she laughed at her complexities, to which made no sense, nor held up in the court of life struggles. What about you? What's going through your mind? I'm thinking about all the fallout. All the transformation and change to come, all the possible legislation, all the people we saved, all the mods which will probably be killed over this, but who probably wanted to be killed rather than be in this condition. I'm thinking of my own life and all of this, too. Are you thinking of L.A.? Jordan asked. For Jordan was to Isaac, as Elias was to L.A. No, not directly, anyway. I mean, I can't help but compare things to L.A. in a way. That was where I felt a challenge, but this... This last two weeks investigating Schumer's murders and the Dark Realm really invigorated me. I haven't felt this, well, driven in a while. So what are you going to do about it? Well, <laughs> what are you going to do about Isaac? Touche, Jordan smiled, waiting for the water to finish boiling before removing it from the microwave. Do you think Dream Realm will address this? I don't think they have a choice now, but I'm sure they won't be happy with us. I'm surprised they didn't deactivate our accounts. I guess we gave really good poker face. Elias winked. We probably appeared willing to some degree to let them handle the situation. In reality, we caused a firestorm for a lot of people, including the Dream Realm headquarters. They'll have no choice but to address this and probably work with us in the process. Look at us, then, Jordan smiled, the boiling water mixing rapidly with the tea bag to form green fluid within the glass. We'll become new sensations, won't we? Yeah, so while we have the time, we better say what needs to happen, otherwise we won't be as effective as we could be. There was a sound from the laptop, and Elias turned to look at it. We've already got a response back from the Washington Post. Elias smiled. They're immediately going to make it a large website feature. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts and work done by me, Matt Rebar, check out my website at www.mattrebar.com. Tweet or Instagram me at Rebstar, H-R-I-B-S-T-A-R. 
And if you missed it, all 10 episodes of season one, Unconscious, Subconscious, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Until next time.